and welcome to Land Parties, episode 137 from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your weekend, my friend? Did you get any Saints Rosen? Uh, <laughs> no, as it turns out. <laughs> um, you know, it, it turned out to be a very uh, uh, house chore heavy weekend <laughs> that yeah. I was not anticipating. Uh, so productive, but not like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to make up for that during the week. Uh, still excited. I know that the reviews have been mixed to unkind to St. Uh but it, it's mm. it's still... Uh, to me, just like a, if it if it's more of the same, you know what? It, it'll be a, a nice diversion for me. Um, it's it's you know the series and just known for being fun and and kind of silly and, and and stupid. And if it does that, then it in it, it succeeds in my book. Uh, so right. hopefully, hopefully it's at least that. But uh, kind of disappointed to see the reviews that have come out. How was your weekend, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, that was pretty brutal. I did, though. I did end up going back on uh, PlayStation Premium. They've got uh, Saints Row 2, and I want to say 3 and 4. I'm pretty sure I played 3 or 4, and I played the first one. So I've gone back, and I started uh, the second one, just kind of messing around with that, enjoying that. Um, And then I... I've been playing live alive. Uh, I am continuing my playthrough. I'm close to finishing that playthrough. I, if you love J- JRPGs, this is on uh, Switch. Live alive is is it's legit. Like I'm really really enjoying it. So it was good. And of course my my destiny um, played a little bit of that. The King's Fall raid, uh, old new raid, uh, just dropped on Friday. I did not attempt the world's first or anything like that. I, I watched and uh, you guys laugh, but we tried on the last one, Vow the Discipline, and we spent like 16 hours on the second Ooh. boss. Couldn't finish it. It was brutal, but it was just fun to be able to participate because they had it on a Saturday. I usually it was during the week, so I had never had a chance to participate in it. This last was on Friday, so I was like, I can't. I'm not going to have the time to be able to do it, but uh, they they cleared it. Uh, it was all good. All in all, though, it was it was a pretty legit weekend. We also did some some house cleaning and and just chilling out, man. We we've been bouncing around a lot the last few days or the last few weeks, so it was nice to just kind of sit at the house and and clean up a bit and relax. So that was nice. But enough about us. We got to move it over to our guest. Anthony DeMauro, the CEO of Gamatica, is joining us. I am super excited. Thank you so much for joining us. How was your weekend, my friend? My weekend was pretty good. You you, you kind of uh, piqued my interest right there when you started talking Destiny because I, I dove into the new season and the yes. weekends are my time and it's so hard to coordinate a raid and right. the little ones even more difficult. So right. that was my weekend, just diving in. Um, I actually... Compared to last season, I enjoyed this one a little bit more because um, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a warlock main and Same. I love arc and storm yes. and warlocks get hated on all the time. There's never <laughs> anything that comes out. See, my two big things in Destiny are warlock and pulse rifles, and mm-hmm. they're never side and side on the on the top of the mountain, so to speak. So I was very happy this weekend. That was my weekend. 
I love it. That is fantastic. We gotta we gotta exchange uh, uh, bungee IDs. I'd love to play sometime. Yeah, we because that's what we do. You know, we'll, we'll organize raids and and things like that. So uh, awesome. That that is good to hear. We're really excited uh, to talk about Gamatica, especially uh, from a creator side and what everything that you've guys got going on over there is is absolutely huge. It's been around for for a little bit now. So we're gonna get into that. But first, we got some news to talk about. I know you saw. I know you watch Gamescom. Lay it on us, Lucas. Yeah, it was a a, a very uh, jam packed show there. Uh, mm. Ironically, like some of the the not strictly gaming related announcements kind of piqued my interest too. I'm going to start with those mm. just so we can get into games here in a second. Uh, but Kojima is doing a podcast, <laughs> which saw that sh- should be interesting. Uh, it'll, I think, it's a Spotify exclusive, uh, but. I mean, in in true just random Kojima fashion, it was basically <laughs> he's like, "I'm doing a podcast," and then, "All right, peace out." <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, oh, so nothing about that Microsoft project you're working on. You you just you know, I was just like, "All right, Kojima." And I was like, "That's so." Like, right. I'm sure everybody <laughs> had that, that, that on their brand. bingo. Everybody had that on their bingo cards. The Kojima <laughs> podcast. That's that's what we were all expecting. <laughs> and this other kind of not strictly game related announcement probably will come as no surprise but they teased that concept electric pikachu car that if that ever comes to fruition and i happen to have a ton of money uh that i can spend uh yep i'll be yep yep hey if they want to send me one to like like try out that would be fantastic uh otherwise (laughs) i need my car just hold on and i need to win the lottery sometime in the next few years <laughs> uh, but other than that, though, and I mean, we got we got a good look at Hogwarts Legacy, uh, which you know we had mm-hmm. talked in the last couple of weeks on how that's a very uh, troubled uh, title, really through no fault of its own so far. Uh, but just with all the controversy, but it was nice to get a good look of that. Uh, we also got a good look at Gotham Knights, which Ryan, we are both super pumped for. So yeah, uh, I'm excited to, for that to almost come out uh, we got another good look at sonic frontiers uh which i would say coming in was also kind of a controversial title for sonic fans um oh why just because of just because of the 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 way it had been teased i mean i remember that first teaser of him was like oh it's it's sonic breath of the wild like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so uh, it was nice for it to kind of get a, a a decent look at it and trying to try and establish it kind of get out from some of those those early memes <laughs> uh <laughs> you know honestly there was a couple titles that that really did pique my pique my interest uh i'm kind of excited for dune awakening um Mm-hmm. I mean, this is strictly kind of going off that I really like the Dune movie that came out. Uh, so spending more time in that universe sounds fun. Uh, nice to see a new Tales of the Borderland coming. Uh, yeah. Kind of wish kind of wish we had some of the cast from the first one. But hey, I'm all for new stories. And uh, I'm all I'm, I'm a big fan of that style of storytelling. Uh so I'm all for that. Uh, and the the big surprise that was just kind of random to me is, is Dead Island 2 is back. <laughs> like, right. like, I remember that game being announced and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so it's back, back from the dead. Uh, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm always down for a zombie game, I guess, but <laughs> just just really fun to, I guess, see get reintroduced. I don't know, Ryan, did you have any standouts? 
I mean, uh, other than, I mean, Lies of P really stood out to me. I, I was speaking with Davis about this game, too. It's essentially like a, I, it was, I'm not sure exactly if it's like a, a adaptation of like uh, Pinocchio and and uh, being in this like kind of souls uh, universe seems pretty interesting. So it's like a dark, like I, I'm pretty sure it's like a dark Pinocchio uh, type. It looks crazy. Uh, so, and I'm not really big on the the whole Souls genre. Um, but uh, I mean, the game. I mean, it looks cool. It, it looks really cool, and it just kind of piqued my interest. I for me, and and I don't know if it's just the just how this year has played out and whatnot, but it, this wasn't as, this was kind of just a, okay, there's some, there's, there's some, some things coming out and whatnot. Nothing really that, that got me super hyped, especially the fact that they were talking, they were touting that, you know, they're going to be three or three, 30 new, you know, they're going to be announcing 30 exclusives uh, or not exclusives. I'm sorry, but 30 uh, uh, world first and, and this and that, like there just wasn't a lot. And I think this kind of goes to, the fact, I mean, we were talking about this last year, how we we really talked about, man, 2022 is going to be on fire. There's going to be a ton of games. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I don't even know what my wallet is going to do. And then we got delayed after delay after delay after delay. And even we've talked about this fall and the big triple A game, games that are coming out. I mean, other than Gotham Knights, Call of Duty, uh, Pokemon, um, and they stay God of War. <laughs> I'm still skeptical. I'm, 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 I, I have a hard time. We really haven't seen like any gameplay, and that's supposed to drop in like two months. I'm like, I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about it. I want it, but I want it. You know what I mean? Like, don't rush it. I'd rather it get delayed and and they do it justice as opposed to. I mean, we've seen many games stumble trying to hit this deadline, and then the game is is it's rough and then they try to patch it and and fix it as it's out and i have you know i just have a problem with uh, an incomplete game being sold at top dollar prices people are paying this it, you know it, it's just it's really disheartening as a gamer and as a as a consumer in, in general uh to get a default product or a, pro a product that's uh, uh faulty is is upsetting so, you know, there there was that killer clowns game as well uh that they they had showed which is if you're, you know, again, I love the fact that they're they're going back into this 80s nostalgia and a lot of stuff from the 80s, I feel like it's being brought to life. But this is supposed to be like a, I, I believe, like a, a 3v7 or something like that. So it's an interesting take on the the one or the 4v1 um, system. So this is probably something I'll end up playing with like Lex or or somebody. But yeah, there just wasn't a lot, I guess, announced here that really you know, had me like, oh my goodness, my, my mind is blowing. It was good. Don't get me wrong. It was solid. And we got some great uh, information and, and we got some, you know, like, hey, we got some cool games that are coming out, but nothing really that I, I'm just like, oh man, I, I absolutely have it. So it was, I'm, I'm glad they were, they were able to get together, but uh, nothing really on the list here that, uh, uh, that had me uh, uh, freaking out. But Anthony, what about you? Did you did you get a chance to check it out? Was there anything that piqued your interest here? Yeah, I just found it interesting that Borderlands is, and I'm Borderlands Two is in my top 
two, maybe three all-time video games I've ever played. I can still replay that game. Mm -hmm. I find it really interesting that there was an announcement on Borderlands in some form or fashion, but then High on Life dropped, and it's got that kind of sarcastic, kind of uh, humorous, <laughs> witty vibe. I mean, granted, Rick and, Rick and Morty creators are behind it, so what are you going to expect? Right. But I thought it was interesting to have that, and just like you, what peaked my – not a lot stood out. Uh, the Killer Clowns from Outer Space game looks really interesting. As you can't tell, I'm a horror fan. So um, <laughs> I remember that on the, so like the weekend channels when I was a kid playing that yes. game, or playing that movie. I'm interested in that game because it's from the same people who did uh, Friday the 13th, the game. Again, one of mm -hmm. my favorite games. And I just really like to see that different approach. I love 80s nostalgia, especially in this horror realm, because I felt like horror got a little dried up, especially in the gaming realm. So mm -hmm. it was good to see that. And then what just a beautiful looking game is where wins meet. Um, I just stunning. And so those mm -hmm. are the things that stood out for me. Uh, the Dune game as well. Just, the, you know, we're, how far we've come in just our presentation of games and the graphics, just the hair. I know it stood up to me, like watching it, like the dirt in the hair, the dirty hair. Like that was really cool. Uh, I'm a visual person. So those are the things that stood out for me um, in, in this uh, GamesCon 2022. Yeah, if if anything, though, yeah, you're right. We're we are starting to get our our first looks at some of these next gen games that are coming out, and I know that especially with the the pandemic, things got kind of screeched, you know, came to a screeching halt there. So, and, and and of course, that was a unique year because that's also when the new consoles dropped. So it was a it was a big old mess, and people had to had to rearrange, you know, what the strategy was, what their plans were. So it's nice to see now companies are moving forward with the next gen technology and building in that next gen uh, uh, framework. So it's nice to see that stuff. You're right. And I, I, I totally forgot about that. And you're going to hate me, but I totally have not watched that Dune movie yet. I've never seen Dune. I never watched the old one. I never read the books. I haven't watched the new one yet. I hear great things. I know. <laughs> I'm slacking so hard. I am slacking so hard, but I love a good MMO. I love a good MMO. So like that's, it's still on my radar as, as far as I'm still looking for uh, an MMO game that I can really latch on to. I feel like everyone that I've tried to, like I'll play it for a little bit, but then I end up burning out. And it's usually the grind. The, the one that the, the closest thing for me would probably be Destiny 2. That's about all the time that I have to be able to grind uh, in a multiplayer game. Otherwise, you know, I, 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 I've got a family. I've got, <laughs> I've got, the, I don't have that much time. So I, I choose to do that one, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But overall, though, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a solid Gamescom. Obviously, they had uh, DevCom uh, as well the, the previous days. Uh, so there was a lot of information. And it's just, it's nice to see these live events taking place again, people being able to get together and, and just, kind of decompress from the last two and a half, three years and be able to see these folks that either they've been collaborating with and working with um, virtually or, or in some remote fashion. Now they're able to sit down and, and see their colleagues and, you know, have a, have a drink or, or go out, go have dinner or whatever. So I'm glad that this stuff's happening. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, we got some spicy drops here, but I think here in, in a couple of weeks, isn't Tokyo, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Tokyo games. Something is, yeah. is happening here in a couple of weeks and, and that should have big drops as well. So it, it's interesting how 
some of these companies are are choosing not to do some of the the bigger or, or some of the more well-known events because i mean that's something that we we all were able to experience people when we went into the pandemic and everything shut down all of a sudden people were dropping their own uh reveals and doing their own things so it's like uh do they see the value in going to some of these things i can see they're like why do that when we could just throw our own event so it's kind of broken it up a little bit uh but uh, all in all, I, th- I thought it was pretty. Um, I thought it was pretty solid. So, yeah, I agree with that. I'd, I'd give it like a. <laughs> I'd give it like a solid B or something like that. It was a, a solid if unspectacular. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, moving on, this was kind of uh, this was kind of surprising. Uh, but PlayStation Sony has officially said that they are increasing prices in. For the PlayStation 5, basically everywhere but the United States. Number one, I thought that was really, really weird that, yes, it's just like, what? And and this is kind of following that trend, too. Obviously, inflation, we know that inflation is a very real thing and it's having an impact on a multitude of industries. But we saw that. You know, Facebook, they increased the Quest back up to its original price at $399. And, and now we see Sony. And it, it, it equates, it, it boils differently in, in how the increase is uh, happening. I know a lot of places, it ranges from like 50, 50 euros, uh, 30 pounds. Um, I want to say like, uh, uh, I can't, it's, it's even crazier because like Mexico is getting hit. Canada is getting hit. But the United States is not getting a price increase. That that seems that's that's wild to me. And then on the back on the back, and we were talking about this, how Microsoft and Nintendo said, "Hey, hey, hey, everybody, we're not increasing our prices. You can you can still get us at that low low rate." <laughs> which is great. Uh, great exactly, exactly. It's like that. It's like you got to jump on that. You got to jump on that. So uh, I, I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were on um, just that price increase and how you guys think that's going to affect them. It's this one is, is, is to me, it's even tougher to swallow than the quest because the quest at <laughs> least was a widely available to people before the, the price mm-hmm. increase took into effect. Like it's still hard to get a PS five. <laughs> so there mm-hmm. are still people who have been trying who haven't gotten now. And those, and those regions are going to be like, well, now I have to pay more on top of that. Like, that seems weird. Like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, we we talked about this when the Quest announced their price increase. It's just hard to take when usually when there's a price increase increase, we're getting that mid generation upgrade, which is not happening obviously right. here. Uh, so, it, I understand that these are, are extraordinary times uh, for everybody, uh, but that also includes consumers, by the way. Uh, and and we've had to pick and choose and be much more careful about what we're spending on uh, and what we can afford to, just given how inflation's hit every sector. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's hard because gaming, as passionate as we are, is still 
a non-essential item. And so to see that price go up is a tough one, especially when Microsoft turns around and goes, we're not increasing prices. And you know what? Xboxes are starting to be be out there in the wild more and more often, especially the Series S, but even the Series X, uh, you know, you can start to find that e- easier. And the and Nintendo's just like, hey, we're still, we're holding firm and we've got one of the mm-hmm. few blockbuster releases coming out this winter. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's... Sony is is just kind of handing Microsoft uh, a win uh, just on a silver yeah. platter. Uh, we were talking about before we started recording, this reminded me of when the PS4 and Xbox One first launched and Microsoft bundled that whole bungled that whole thing and handed Sony a big advantage. Feels like Sony's just doing that right back to, to the Xbox. And it's as a consumer, it's tough. I understand there's probably financial reasons, but it's just tough. It, I think it's really tough when you look at the sheer number of exclusive, which are exclusives that are available or mm-hmm. lack thereof. I think that's the selling point of a console, going, especially when you're doing like an apples to apples comparison. I have mm-hmm. both, but I remember going through hoops for over a year to get the PS5. And mm-hmm. now that I have it, um, hearing this price increase, it's just I see the struggle with the supply. So you're, you're, you're struggling getting that product out there. It's kind of on this black market thing where you're paying. So who's this benefit really? I mean, does Sony get the back end? I'm sure in some, some forms, but I think it's for them to curb all the people just stocking these and then selling them at a uh, even higher premium. So I don't get the move unless you're like a clear, if you're clearly ahead in this console war race, whatever you want to call it, and you're, you're running victory laps. Then yes, or if you have a whole slew of exclusives coming out, there's got to be something like with anything. You can't just say, okay, inflation, right? Right. Sure, that's happening everywhere. But sometimes when you're offering a product and you hike the price, it comes with something to justify the cost hike. Right. So what's coming here just for the, you know, what is being attached to the price hike other than them saying, hey, we're doing this. And you're right. They gave everybody a silver powder marketing plan and Xbox mm-hmm. and Nintendo look really, really good by just responding to it. So I, I don't get it. But then again, I'm not the one um, running business operations over at PlayStation. They make a lot more money, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that threw me off. It just was, it's very strange. Yeah. It, 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 it's just like, Oh man, it's like, shoot, you yeah, they're making these great moves and then you you come on the back end and do something like this. Not only that, but then for it to be, I mean, in literally all, you know, majority of other countries other than the United States, it does it like that doesn't make sense to me, I guess. And I mean, I guess it, I mean, I guess it does. I feel bad for people that are living in these countries that are going to then be affected by this, but this is huge. Like you're saying for Microsoft and they did live, they just gave it to them on a silver platter because there's the, there's the pitch right there. Yeah. I mean, you could get a PlayStation five, but you could also get an Xbox series S it's going to be way cheaper for Hey, Hey parent that has kids, you know, hey, you know, uh, uh, just young young adult that's just looking to to get in. We got that, and we got Game Pass too. So come on in. It's it's nice and warm over here, you know. So they're, I mean, they they are doing the things, but it's just, yeah, this just seems funky. This is definitely, I feel like this definitely kind of 
alienates a little bit. It's going to alienate some people that then this is not only is it already hard and difficult to acquire one to begin with, but now you're talking about an increase in the price. And some of those prices, the increase was rather significant. I I think one of them was like a 21% increase uh, in the price, which is insanity. Yeah, that is brutal. It's like, look, we are are struggling too, so y'all got to pay that extra. So I don't, I don't, their, their sales, I imagine, will be slowing up. I think because also, again, we're from that, we're talking about it from the outside looking in and they've got people that are, are, are smart and know what they're doing. So whatever that plan is, whatever that back end looks like, maybe there is a strategy or maybe they are planning for, or maybe the fact that they do have those exclusives and what they'll be announcing and dropping in the coming future, it's going to be enough to be like, Hey, it's a little extra, but come on, buddy. I got to have this game. That's why people get a PlayStation is because of their exclusives. It's nice that they're starting to bring things over to, to PC. I love that they're uh, starting to play ball a little more over there. And, and PC people are at least having the option to be able to play some of these games without getting into that ecosystem. Uh, but I think there's a bigger picture thing there uh, as we're seeing. Um, I mean, shoot, today, I think it was today. Sony just purchased, uh, I can't remember the name of the studio, but it's a mobile game studio. And they're going to be looking to uh, do a AAA mobile game. We know that they're getting into the tournament sector. I mean, look at uh, Evo and stuff like that. So I think we're starting to see these pieces of a much bigger picture that we, we it's still fuzzy for us. But they've got something clearly that they're working towards. So I, I'm curious to see what that looks like. I will say, if they would have packaged like a Ratchet and Clank with this price increase, at least it would have been a little easier to swallow. Uh, right. Like Ratchet and Clank, just off the, off the top of my head, a good family game. It's been out long enough uh, that I'm sure sales obviously aren't as strong as when it launched, uh, critically acclaimed. Like even even packing in a game would at least help the perception of this. Just the just straight up increase just stinks to no end. Uh, and it's, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking with my friend. It's it's more frustrating when you think about something like the Steam Deck, which has uh, sped up production so that like a lot of right. people who were in Q4 are getting bumped up to Q3 and whatnot. And still, we're still stuck with PS, trying to get a PS5. And now we're going to have to, in a lot of regions around the world, you're going to have to pay more. It just... It's hard. I am glad that Microsoft and Nintendo said they're not raising prices because I was initially afraid that all of a sudden this was going to be the trend uh, across the board, right. which would have really, really, really stunk. Yeah, no, I I agree. We'll see how it plays out, though. But uh, that that hurts. Um, and I do. I have I am I am signed up on the list. I'm waiting for them. I got you, Lucas. We're going to get you a PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, let's take a quick commercial break. We're, we're going to hit up Anthony on the back end, talk everything Gamatica and what they've got going on over there. We'll be right back, y'all. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode. Anthony, I think both Ryan and I are fascinated uh, by Gamatica, uh, a, a much deeper social experience for gamers and content creators here. Uh, take us back to the beginning. What was the inspiration to creating this space? Well, I love that I, first of all, I appreciate being designated as the fun portion of the show. (laughs) You should have saved that till after I spoke. (laughs) But I appreciate that. I'll take it nonetheless. Um, It actually started back in 2018. Uh, My wife started streaming on Twitch and... I have a background in search engine optimization, internet marketing. I've been in it since 2006. Uh, I like to think I'm very good at it. And when I step into these different sectors, I've worked in the sports journalism industry, anything that I step into, even for client side stuff, I always, I'm always really intrigued by how a specific niche or industry uses SEO or internet marketing. So when I stepped in, I looked at Twitch, there's none of it, nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. How are you monetizing? She goes, well, I I think streamers just generally monetize off the platform. And I'm like, that's bonkers to me. Mm -hmm. Like just just kept in that capsule. So I started like going further into the industry and the sub sectors. So this includes esports and gaming. And I started seeing, oh my God, there's like no SEO utilization. So you're essentially capped on the platform. Your success is now granted it's a big platform, but I started like really digging into it and also social media. I mean, we were building Gamactica was pretty much, um, I'd reach out to somebody, we'd list them in our directory and get a social media uh, account signed up and we'd go from there. And then I started noticing I was doing a lot of it on Instagram. My audience was different than it was on Twitter or you know, LinkedIn. So I'm like, why? That's like four or five different apps I'm opening just to talk about like just to run my business right so mm-hmm. i wanted to essentially lay the ground groundwork and the foundation of something that could consolidate all that stuff and also create a really a good platform for seo to exist in these industries so that's kind of how it started um fast forward four years later we're coming up on four years and it's significantly progressed since then i would say we still have a lot of features in beta mode but mm-hmm. Our directories were listed in Google in over 30 countries around the world uh, for industry-specific phrases. We have a really good standing. We have news articles. We have that syndicated in Google News. And we really have the foundation when we roll out our big plans of a content creation and streaming portion of the platform. We're not going to just be a clone of Twitch. We're not going to be you know, really carbon copying what they're doing or YouTube, we're actually going to be looking at it in a different lens and presenting something completely different. Yeah. I I find it really interesting too, that, that there is the SEO and marketing um, side of, of the, the whole thing. Not only there's the directories, there's ways to be able to communicate and and contact people. This is kind of like an all in one uh, uh, deal as far as with this. And, you know, I, 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 I guess generally I'd like to know what kind of responses and, and feedback are you getting from the community? It's not easy to build. Um, it's not easy to build anything, but especially something where, you know, you're, you're 
obviously working with other people because there is this collaborative effort of working with the creators and building out this directory, getting that stuff out there. And then tell us a little bit more too about that SEO and marketing, because that is something that people can utilize uh, within your guys' space. And I feel like it's something, especially on the individual content creation side, ton of people are missing uh, um in in how they're going out and marketing and whatnot. Yeah, and it's I like to think of our platform as if you took like fun aspects of Twitter, a little bit of Yelp, and like a Google search engine directory and you kind of mix and mash them all together. The hardest part of the challenge for us has been um I would say uh just the engagement aspect of it because we'll get members to sign up and the engagement is a little flawed and this is more of like how i feel the uh, social culture aspect of gaming and content creation exists people just want to go on i'm going live dump 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 farm 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 or game the system and right problematic and we see it with a lot of other platforms that have popped up over time as well Uh, they want to create a quick path to partner or quick path to affiliate and it's gaming the system and that is why i think platforms like twitch will struggle with profits so much is because you have this gaming system so someone has like eight eight hundred views right but really Mm -hmm. maybe like a fourth of them are really valuable audience members and thus that drives down the advertising value that you can get search engine optimization in you know uh, i've the feedback we give to the community, people love uh, love the SEO approach of it. They love our what, we're, what we've announced that we are going to be doing in the content creation sector. But most of all, SEO is so important to things. And we made it for – so our company, we have a server side, correct? I've been doing that for, God, 13 years. And mm-hmm. companies can spend anywhere from one to $10,000 a month or more in search engine optimization. That is not palpable for a content creator. So are you are you just lost on these things? No, we should have something where a content creator can scale on SEO. Now, scaling in the terms of this industry are viewers. I don't I don't want to be a platform that's gonna say, hey, we're gonna get you a hundred viewers right off the rip and you're gonna grow like that. No. Right. We wanna we wanna change the mindset. I wanna create brand value. Where you have a professional platform, you gotta be 17 and up to join. So right off the bat, we want people who are, in theory, a little bit more professional-minded on their approach of content creation. Mm -hmm. Additionally, this also combats a lot of, I feel, toxicity and a lot of harassment and hate that goes on our platform. Because I feel like if you have, I put it like like this, if you frame it like a LinkedIn and you approach things and you're like, oh, LinkedIn is where I got to have a resume or I might talk to people about a job, you should different. Right. And you want to get on a hashtag and start airing it out with somebody. So it's about setting these precedences. But with SEO, we like I said, we're ranked in over 30 countries and they're Google from around the world. So that means from people in France to Germany to you know China, uh, Japan, Canada, they're all coming together in these terms and they funnel in targeted traffic to our website. Now they can join as a member or they can go through our directories. And we have directories that are expanding beyond gaming. And I think this is a big misconception. We think of content creation, we think of TikTok, we think of gaming. Um, We actually have a section for filmmakers, we have a section for sports, we have a section that we're building for, you know, fashion and um, just that type of stuff. And I want to make it easier for people to find things because it's all about not deviating too far away from what people naturally do. So for Mm -hmm. for example, when you find out about a business or a product, 
I would I would almost suggest I don't have numbers behind it, but I would suggest either seven to eight people out of ten will go to Google and Google that business and look at reviews. Mm-hmm. The same should be said for a content creator because I think another thing, it, it, which is kind of a detriment to the industry, it's the wild west. Anybody can sign up. Anybody can become a creator. Anybody can join, press live, but every not everyone when they press live conducts themselves as a business. Although they want to make money and make superstardom, so mm-hmm. we want to cure these. And can we solve all these issues? No, but I feel like if you get quality creators into a platform and you bring in the audience that is interested in them via SEO and these other things, you start building a a soluble community. And then if you give them tools and resources to build their brand, then all of us, then they're not one dimensional where they're not about just their views. It's more about, Hey, I have this branding. I, you can, I'm searchable on Google. You can find me on this term. I have a website that's powerful. Then it becomes more stacking for a potential advertiser. You know, it, it's interesting because I think on a, a lot of, uh, social platforms we've seen, uh, even if initially they, they start out with, with interesting concepts, uh, they become almost too unfocused and then they become something that people use begrudgingly. Like, like we have to, rather than we want to, when, when you're mm-hmm. building out a platform, how do you make sure you're staying focused and, and you're not, you know, making some of the similar mistakes that you've seen other platforms make and, and maybe try to expand too much and, and lose that focus. And you know what? It's just eliminating a lot of ego out of it. Honestly, there's been things we've put into our platform that I, in my head, I'm like, Hey, this would be great as a creator or something like that or a streamer. Mm-hmm. But then you get feedback from the community and the way it's perceived is not so much. So then we scale back. One of the biggest benefits of this whole thing is the ability to be fluid. Um, we've had numerous uh, sections or features in our platform, and then we've pulled back, or we've you know been you know pretty much streamlined in one area, and then we've expanded. Uh, one big expansion we did this year was putting in the SEO service side, so that we can start serving both the creators and streamers, but also those big enterprise companies that operate in these spaces um, that they can't find an SEO company because there's none of them that really exist in this medium. So we provided that. So it's more about just like, and granted one of the challenges is when you do something new that is completely off the cuff and completely fluid in how it's evolving, you're not going to get a lot of people that are going to connect with it initially. So you got to have a long-term vision. You have a lot of patience. So I'm always a big believer of get in the room with people smarter than you and you can learn a lot and then have confidence in your own abilities, which I'll tell you what, my my ego exists in SEO because I've been up against companies with like 20, 30, 40, 50 on their staff and I've either competed with them or I've beaten them. But I also have confidence in that where I can, you know, I can sit back at a table, know where my skill sets are. And listen to others from their experiences, from the small creator to the big partnered creator to, you know, just anybody from all these sectors too, their esports experience or their film experience, all different. And just learning this and applying it and knowing that this doesn't happen overnight. So I think that's a big key is just having patience with everything. So as a small creator, how would I best utilize the website and, and everything that's going on directories or, or building out a page? Like what would be the best way to utilize uh, Gamatica? The best ways. Um, so 
creating a profile on our platforms 100% free. Um, and so is getting listed in our directory. You just got to have a, a you know a active channel. You just got to can't be doing any crazy stuff on your channel with this content. And then um, 17 and up and you can come in and create a profile. Uh, the social side isn't something that we're extremely leaned into at this moment. People do utilize it. But again, I go back to the issue of there's a lot of link dumps in there. As we scale, we're going to put into features and more rigid things. We got a going live uh, section on there that we had to funnel everything into there. And now we're going to eventually weed that out. So as a creator, you can go on there, you can join these groups, you can start making a little subtle connections, but our directories is really where the heart is. And then once we fully implement the content creation and streaming side, which will look different, um, I think that is when the social side will kick up a hundred percent. So you can do a lot of things you can explore. Um, and you know, the stream directory is a great example of this. You can find anybody from, you know, we've done everything from different uh, locations around the world to different channels. Um, you can find them based on the game they play. You can follow what language they speak in. Um, we try, it's arbitrary, but we try to give everybody, um, you know, a, a content rating. So they'll tell us, hey, I don't, I cuss, so I'm an R-rated content creator. That's great for our stream directory. We can kind of segment that. So you can use our directories. You can go to our portal section, which is a news section. Or if you're a business or brand, you can look at our service side. But we really, really uh, believe this is the next innovation. And it just comes full circle with what we're going to do in the content creation side. Because I feel like it's going to be completely different than what's out there. So that's kind of like just exist on there. Get to the, um, the, the directory section. Get listed. And get that SEO benefit. And if there's a premier membership, you know, $9.99, you want a little extra boost. There's that too, but it's uh, that's kind of how we're functioning right at the moment, and it's all in anticipation for what we're going to be doing in the next steps. You know, speaking of that kind of longer term vision, uh, what are those benchmarks that that you're hoping to to reach, and what will be key to fighting success? You know, one, three, five years down the road. Okay, so I'm gonna take a deep breath because this is <laughs> you open it up. I'm Italian. I talk with my hands. I'm gonna go. So pop me off. But uh, there's so many issues in the content creator space, right? So yeah. let's start with number one. If I have um, 200,000 followers on TikTok, right? But I'm only getting four viewers live on Twitch. That's a problem. Like that's a huge right. problem. Capped. I feel like when we do the content creation side, we're going to have different aspects of each platform molded into one. So you're not just kept into your, your lane, so to speak. <sighs> Quality content is key. So I think Twitch has been capped and they don't really make a ton of profit as it may seem they do uh, because I think there's a real difficulty with pushing to the mainstream audience. And mm -hmm. that is partly the platform and majorly the content creators is a big part of it. You have content creators going off the cuff. You have um, a, a lot of just quality content issues. It could be from what they say on the stream to how they, how they conduct themselves as a, as a business to how they conduct themselves on social after that. And I think this is just, it's hard when you have a whole bunch of people on a platform the Wild West saying what they want to say, you're really going to limit yourself in advertising opportunities and business opportunities. So let me put this to you. So if you go to Twitch, I'm not just pulling these numbers out of thin air. You can go to Twitch and write on their page, I think like 11 million channels, right? 
and only mm-hmm. I, I think like 27,000 of them are partnered or something like that. And it's like equates to like 1.35%. And I could be wrong off that math. I was not good in high school, college dropout. Don't blame me. Someone could get out a calculator and correct that for me. But 1.35%. Oh, think about that. That in baseball is, is, is a great number. It's not when you're doing a business. So what if you fostered creators and that number bumped up to 2%? or 3%, then you're talking significantly more ROI. So we also don't want that wild west element. We don't want people to just come in, hit live, and they can go. No, you're going to apply to be a content creator on our platform. We want to see the type of content that you're going to produce. We also want to see how you conduct your business. And that doesn't mean you're going to be totally predicated on views or you know social media followers. There's a lot of people out there who get two views, and they have incredibly entertaining content. And how we want to do that is bringing in these other sectors. Like I think a great example is Mixer. Mixer put Mm -hmm. all their eggs in the gaming streaming basket and it proved they were like, nope, we're not making any money out of this. This is such a segmented niche area and it's only exists of other streamers in this community. We're not making any money. We pull out, boom. That's a great lesson. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to bring in filmmakers. I want to bring in shows. I want to bring in Everybody in sports, there's a million sports leagues and uh, operating and athletes and all these people together, all these brands together under one roof. And you prep, you, you position that and you structure that and you present that. That's where you can get to mainstream. As then you start not only just from the content side, you start having options for an audience and you start bringing in different interest points. Because the three of us probably from our game interests are very different and probably from our day to day. But we have one interest and we're talking about it right now. So we all come together for gaming. This can happen in content creation. It's like going on Netflix or something like that. You, Everyone's on Netflix. We watch completely different content, but we're the general audience. So it's it's building this audience because, again, a lot of platforms are just streamer-centric. They're all streamers and just cannibalizing. Right. So I really want that. I want to have discoverability. I want to really – I just want to say this too. I keep going on this tangent. Diversity, inclusivity. We all talk about it, but what's really being done? I mean, mm-hmm. Twitch can say, "Oh yeah, we're going to do this," but then every year, the, the top hundred most watched streamers, there's, there's barely any women on there, and it's very, it's very. They all look like me, and that's. <laughs> I mean, great. Granted, I, I like to think I look good, but it's just like this is the problem. You have so much talent out there in these pools, and they're either buoyed by. The male-dominated niche or the white-dominated niche. Let's put it there. Let's put it plainly. And or you're anchored by, you know, harassment on there. And there's no policing. So it's like we can create a better ecosystem for all of this stuff. And Web3 plays a part of it too. So that's kind of how we want to do things different is just be different. There's other streaming platforms, but honestly, if you just look at them and you remove, like if you're looking at the website and just take the frames out and look, it looks just like Twitch, just like Twitch. How are we innovating for doing the same thing over and over again? I think there was a quote out there about that, but you know, it's, it's leveling the playing field, letting quality talent rise, giving the tools to scale and become a business and optimizing these networking channels where, you know, if I'm an esports team or a player and I want to work with a gamer or streamer, I can make that happen easier. And there's a vetting process because of our directories on there as well. So 
there's a lot, but it's really just this general thinking that we just want to push innovation. It's just stagnated in my opinion. And I could be wrong, but it's just my viewpoint. No, and I, I think that's something I think you touched on a lot of good points there too. Just the fact that I, I do see so many, especially within the streaming and, and content creation space where everybody kind of throws their eggs into one thing. And it's like, look, man, you got to diversify. And, you know, what's your end game? There's a lot of folks that will sit there and be like, oh, you know, I want that that purple check mark. And it's like, yeah, but that check mark, what does that mean? That doesn't equal anything. That just means you got a check mark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, the thing I like about this, though, too, is that it, and, and you said it, it's almost like a, a, a LinkedIn for content creators and, and not just not within just just streaming and and that sector, but also uh, actors, uh, filmmakers, musicians to be able to get these different sectors of entertainment. Not only then are you able to almost you're going to be able to build these relationships and make these connections with people outside of that and not within that, hopefully be able to uh you know, do some collaborating in different sectors as well. I think it's absolutely huge. I think that's one big thing in this space is that there's a lot of immaturity. Again, a lot of the big people are younger, um, but there's just, you know, there's so much toxicity in it. And I love the fact that there's this, what you guys are doing over there is taking a more professional approach to it. Like, look, here's, here's some actual tools. You are your brand. Uh, what do you, what would you like to do with it? You get, there's a multitude of, uh, directories you can get into to get listed. Uh, we've got SEO and marketing opportunities there. There's groups that you can then go and, and organically also build, um, people and, and, and things that way. And it's almost like a tool in your back pocket that you can then use to help then funnel people into different areas that you've got stuff going on. I love it. Yeah, thank you. And you know, it's a win-win. If you think about it in theory, it's a win-win for the platform. We're talking about, mm -hmm. you just talked about partnered, right? Like the little check mark. Mm -hmm. I think this is another issue. You know, everyone talks about, we're so centered on splits, right? Splits mm -hmm. will matter if the economy is very strong, right? So think about the partnered creator. Like you could be pulling in 75, 125 views, correct? Let's just mm -hmm. assume. That would be great. Um, yeah, right, I'll take it. <laughs> 125 views. And you're the one, your, your channel's generating all this income for Twitch, but then it's offset by these, you know, the small streamers. And I'm not knocking small streamers, but I'm just saying that the immaturity on there or the people pulling three views, uh, two views, five views, it's all server cost. So people are like, oh, Twitch is profitable. They have so many channels. If only 27,000 channels are partnered. And I would assume like maybe 40% are making sustainable income, but the, the, the rest of that segment aren't that they still are supporting server costs for the stuff. So business wise, it's got to make more sense. And we want, really want the win. You should grow with the creator, your platform platform right. on like we're on Twitter right now. It should be an agreement on there. It should be like, Hey, you're on our platform, create good content and we'll, we'll shine a light on you and we'll give you tools to continue to grow, otherwise you're just you're, you're you're just spinning a wheel right now, and that's where, and we shouldn't stand for a lot of this this stuff anymore. We really shouldn't. I mean, everyone wants to talk like they're gonna like um, you know, do things here and there, and there's a lot of great people doing a lot of good efforts. This content creation gaming space, I just feel like it's just it's hitting a breaking point, and mm -hmm. we hope we're ahead of that. 
So I love that you brought that up in that example. And the win-win is the best business deal to be in because then you don't care about what the split is as much. And the split should be a regular transaction. It shouldn't be 20, 30, 40%. Like, come on. Right. That's so, crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I've always thought that yeah, I've always thought that was nuts. Just that split is just like that is a big chunk of change. Like I understand that there's some back end needs financially that are that are needed, but like that is can you imagine, especially the more money you make, the more you're going to feel how much of a split that really is and how just un- it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nuts. And then when you start thinking about um your money being on the line. And another creator just butchering that with their own, they drive around a potential or potential advertiser or anyone who could be looking at the platform that you're streaming on and they're driving it away with their conduct or what they're doing or their lack of quality content. That hits your that hits your pockets. I mean, streamers want to sit there and say, Oh, we're a big community, we want to pull each other together. Yes and no. I mean, mm-hmm. yes and no. I mean, it should be a give and take on there. There should be a set rule standard. So awesome. Awesome. You know, this has been, I'm sure, an extremely wild ride for you so far. When when you think back to to when you you decided this, that you know, and you realized there was a need for this, to now, what has surprised you the most? What's been has has something that you encountered something that totally shocked you? Yeah, I four years later, and I'm still trying to tell people that SEO is important in these in these spaces. What <laughs> was my mind? I uh, I did an interview. Um, I've been doing the past year and a half. I've really stepped out and like really, you know, I, I write for SEO Journal, I, a really prominent one. I just expanding my horizons and having more and more conversations. It just blows my mind. It's just like how limited. I think like you don't know what you don't know, and I think a lot of mm-hmm. people just don't know what this is. And then when they go out, there's a lot of scam opportunities and your big, your stick, your sticker shock to a lot of this. So it's been that. And it's been, listen, I I've put my own reputation on the line with this. This is self-funded. This is bootstrapped. Um, eventually we'll get an investor, but listen, I I've built my brand, um, SEO. I've gone on the sports journalism with, uh, Forbes and Huffington post. I'm a college dropout. I built, I've always bet on myself. And I really want to get, and I wish I had these tools when I was starting a business or, you know, and I just always think of like, Hey, if I didn't waste my time here and just, you know, had resources and the opportunity to learn how to utilize them in a platform to do it, where would I be? I could be in the same place at the very worst off, but you know, perhaps it get better. So the changes in that and the attitudes I think is, is different. I think when. I think the past two years, especially the pandemic, we saw a boom in streaming. Mm-hmm. But I think that was more of a highlight of the problems of the industry is there are a lot of creators who are in it. And if they don't reach superstardom, um, they back out and they just right. – And I think streaming is very unique in this because you see somebody who has 5,000 live views, right? But they look mm-hmm. just like you. They have the same setup as you. They look like someone you'd see at the grocery store, or you know what I'm saying. Or they use the same hairstylist, or go to the same salon, or go to the same barbershop that you do. I think that when we, because ha- when we think about movies, you think Hollywood and millionaires and superstars. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, I'm like this. That's here, and I'm here. I think that's also in the streaming community. Everyone's just kind of level, so it's just like you see a lot of carbon copying stuff. Um, I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen much innovation at all. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of features get rolled out and it's just to placate and like, Hey, we just did our splits. Awesome. You know, that's great, but are we innovating? Is that innovation? No, it isn't. And then now we have web three knocking down the door. And I think there's a very smart way to implement that with content creation. See, I'm kind of still web three. I don't think I understand you know exactly what it is and i know that there's a lot of people that have that that talk about it and i feel like it kind of gets thrown into that almost into that uh nft and and um and uh cryptocurrency like i i feel like there's a and i and and correct me if i'm wrong i i just feel like that when there's talks about it they all kind of get talked about in the same kind of general sphere so i'm just kind of like i don't know it's it's new and it's complicated. I'm not the hugest fan of a lot of things that go on because there's a lot of, I think when the market blew up with Web3, mm-hmm. let's just say the NFTs, you got all the investors. It was just cash grab, cash grab, cash grab. Right. And it's shoved down everybody's throats, I think too. It's like, it's it's coming and everyone's on this rush and they're on this path, they're running and they're just like force feeding you all this information and data. <laughs> <laughs> I think, let's just keep it plainly. I mean, um, NFTs, we're already seeing it. And if gamers want to get up in arms about NFTs, Give them an option. You don't got to use it. You don't have to right. use it. There's many features on a platform I don't use. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to use the platform, but we want to craft that experience. But I think streamer content creators, let's just say that, and gamers, I think they have the most to gain to getting in the NFT game. Um, you upload your clips. You private uh, some content creators have, you know, Patreons or other websites where they have privatized content. Mm-hmm. Essentially, in one form or fashion, that's an NFT. So right. Let's let's monetize that and make it more accessible. I think the biggest movement in our economy uh, with content creators and gamers and you know esports and filmmakers is we're just opening up like ten up to ten apps to do everything to cr- even to create our content, which is wild to me. Right. I, I just want to consolidate things, bring it together, and make it make sense and push it forward. As far as Web three, listen, I'm not an expert at all in it. I I understand enough to know what I want to do with it. Let's put it that way. I couldn't sit mm-hmm. on a podium and talk about it, but I look at NFTs and I'm like, we've been doing that for years and that applies right here and boom. So that's the way I look at it. And NFTs, no SEO there too. So. Right. <laughs> Nothing these companies doing that. So Perfect. Anthony, this this is truly fascinating and, and I'm so glad that uh, you took the plunge that you were inspired and, and got the ball rolling here. What are the best ways people can reach you or, or the best ways people can learn more about the platform? Um, to reach me, you can at Anthony tomorrow on Twitter. Um, that's where I'm more engaging. I would say um, I've had a lot of conversations with creators and DMS. I'm usually time restricted and depending on what the topic is, I'm very responsive on there. Um, talk about the platform too. And if you want more, know more about Gamactica, come over to gamactica.com slash about dash Gamactica. We have a great about us page um, and you can just explore our socials. Take time. There's a lot of information on our platform. There's a ton of information and a lot of people will get dissuaded by detail, but I'm going to tell you right now, um, there's a lot going on. And for us to do what we want to do, we have to be this way. We have to be detailed. So it's not for everybody, but I feel like that when our live streaming section hits and our content creation section hits, everything's going to make sense and tie tie together. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, this was 
I love the front end of the conversation. Even when we were before we jumped on, we had a really interesting conversation about technical stuff, and <laughs> I'd love to just do that part again. <laughs> right. <laughs> That is awesome. Thank you again so much for coming on, Anthony. I, I definitely am going to be, there's a lot there to take in. And because I am, I'm on the uh, uh, platform as well. So I'm going to be diving in and, and seeing. And, and this was a great explainer, too, just kind of uh, talking about the benefits and, and what you guys have planned for the future. So I'm really excited. Thank you again so much for coming on and talking. Thank you, guys. It was a, a pleasure. And anytime in the future, you guys want to have a little chit chat, I'm. More than willing to join. We would love Absolutely. to have you back on. Yes. Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Okay, it's going to be Saints Row. I was productive last weekend. I deserve I deserve a gaming weekend this weekend. So you know what? You do. You know what? If anybody needs something from me, just don't ask. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Ryan? What are you yeah. up to this weekend? <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I'm not really a hundred percent sure. I'm hoping to be able to get that King's fall raid in, uh, hopefully with my clan, uh, this weekend. Other than that, no big plans, um, that I can remember. I got to look at my calendar. There's so much going on. It's, it's, it's hard to, to keep everything straight, but gaming wise, that is probably more destiny grinding and, uh, we'll see, we'll see wherever, wherever everything, uh, takes us after that. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at Land Parties Pod, at LucasEgan, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week, and you know what it is. We love your faces. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go.